today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Interesting comments from uh, the interim leader of the Ontario Liberal Party, John Frazier is his name. And uh, in speaking to uh, some media folks over the weekend, he suggested that uh, Ontario voters actually did the right thing by voting the Liberals out of office. I know I'll, many of you will agree with that, but they, I, I believe he's actually looking at, at not just the, the vote itself and you know the, the change that occurred, but maybe uh, you know a lesson to be learned from the Liberal Party. Can parties actually learn from electoral defeats? Let's uh, get Christo Avalos into the conversation, Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council and postdoctoral fellow in history at the University of Toronto. Christo, great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for the time today. Thanks for having me. Kind of an interesting comment from Mr. Fraser, isn't it, that uh, you, you guys did the right thing by turfing us out of here? Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, it's certainly an interesting tactic. I think it's a kind of a smart one in some ways because, it, you know, with a result like that, it's not as if, you know, they, they lost a couple percent in the cruelties of the first-past-the-post system, booted them out of power from, you know, to a minority or, or something of that sort, where, you know, you could say, like, well, you know, it's a marginal shift. They, they, they got trounced pretty badly in the polls. They lost kind of significant support, you know, across pretty much every part of the province, even in some strongholds like Ottawa. Did they, did they lose notable support? Um, so there's no, there's no other explanation but the, the party had a kind of systemic failure and that the voters needed to kind of um, respond in that kind. And I think that, you know, at least, at least publicly, at least as far as you do it in terms of public relations, the best tactic is probably to say, uh, that we deserved our fate, because otherwise, you know, you take the Kathleen Wynne approach, which I don't think worked, uh, you know, the kind of sorry, not sorry, um, and then the voters don't think you've learned anything. And behind the scenes, you might still think the voters were wrong, we actually didn't do much wrong, uh, maybe we don't need to change our course as much as we think, maybe it's how we sell our course, but publicly the party has to kind of admonish itself to the voters. I think that's the, the probably the wise tactic. What is it that causes the electorate, and I'll, I'll just use that whole word there, to, to actually just say, you know what, we've had enough of these guys? Because we see this happen time and again. Everybody seems, from a political standpoint, Christo, has the, a best before date. And and clearly, I, that that had long expired with the, the Liberal government. People were just tired of this government. I, I, I know that there's a great deal of, of hatred for Kathleen Wynne, and that was certainly a factor. But there was there was just, I think, voter fatigue that was a, a major factor in that election. Yeah, no, certainly, certainly not. Well, not necessarily voter fatigue, because the, 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 the uh, you know, as much as we'd probably like to see, you know, much closer to 100% of people vote, you know, the, the, the amount of voters were up in that election. I think there was fatigue with the government. And I think there's a few reasons for that. One, you know, over the years, even when premiers change, even when cabinets change, even when faces change, you know, scandals build up. And sometimes those are real scandals, and there were certainly a lot of those. And sometimes those are scandals that, you know, the opposition can manufacture, and those exist too. And, and you know, you can refresh some of those with time, and you can refresh some of those with picking a new leader. That's what the Liberals did yeah. in 2014. Uh, and they were able to make that happen uh, for a variety of reasons, by going from Ginty to win. But eventually time runs out, and these scandals build up, and the opposition parties continue to gain ammunition. And I think what's crucial is that the opposition parties, the longer they're out of power, their scandals are forgotten. And I think when you, when you have a kind of tabula rasa, when you have a blank slate, you tend to read more positively in the people. And I think that Ford in this election, you know, well, who had essentially no kind of coherent platform, people, I think a lot of people at least, uh, enough to give him absolute power under our current system, um, 
read the positively into the negative spaces, and maybe some of those people are disappointed now. But uh, you know, all of that combined, uh, you know, just it, it just weighs down on a government uh, over time. This is why in politics you often see that's the case. I mean, you see governments that that get elected often to majority governments, and then eventually the kind of floor falls out. It happened to to Stephen Harper. It happened to you know the the, the liberals in the in the not in the from the, the you know the Trudeau liberals when John Turner took over they took a big hit you know things like that happen you know and it's just the that's just politics it, it just makes you wonder even more about uh, you know that track record with the Conservatives here in Ontario at one point governed for forty two straight years uh, that uh, they, they and, and I'm you know there's been a lot of analysis done obviously as to how that happened I mean they had strong leadership. Uh, but the economy was usually in pretty good shape, of the, you know, in those uh, post-war years, right up until uh, they eventually lost in the mid-1980s. Uh, there's got to be a really, it's, it's almost like a perfect storm of excellent circumstances for a government to maintain that kind of popularity. No, certainly. I think that was part of the factor that, you know, the post-war period was uh, extremely, uh, you know, there were, and of course there were trends in that, there were, there were downturns and upturns and, and, you know, periods where, you know, the prosperity was not equally shared and what have you, but it was a time of, of general prosperity. And unlike today, it was a time where the prosperity was generally more shared, uh, that, you know, workers did see benefits up until at least the mid-1970s. Uh, when when co- companies did well, workers actually did better too. And it's not so much the case anymore. So in that kind of economy, you know, it, you tend to kind of, you know, maybe people are okay with, uh, you know, not rocking the boat. Uh, another factor is that, you know, in these kind of quasi one parties, the provinces that you see, and this was applied to Alberta as well under the PCs, you almost have a kind of internal party system within the, the ruling party. So, you know, the, the Tories had a kind of Mike Harris wing, but for a long time they were marginalized and they were able to kind of during a kind of period of Canadian history where it was a very left wing time in, in, in comparison to today. Um, where even the conservatives would 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 be supporting, you know, expansions to social programs and things like a basic income. Um, they had those debates within the party, and I think that's one of the things that happened with the Alberta conservatives for a long time. They had a kind of wild rose wing, yeah. but then they also had people who would probably be seen as federal liberals, and they would kind of internally fight for who would rule the province, and the election itself would be a formality. Now, the rise of the wild rose breaking apart and then the rise of popularity of, of, of Rachel Notley and the NDP during the, the 2015 election maybe has changed that province. But, you know, for a long time it was a one-party province that, that operated this internal kind of system. How long do we do we hold a grudge against a political party? Which I guess is the question they're probably asking in the Liberal Caucus right now. Uh, I mean, because you mentioned, okay, they, you know, they'll make a change and we'll say we're going the other direction. But after a period of time you get tired of them. And the, the one that comes to mind, obviously, was the NDP that did hold power in a majority government here in the early 1990s. Uh, I got the sense, even from some of the things I heard in the last campaign, Christo, that uh, there's still an awful lot of Ontario voters that, uh, that don't have any faith in them and don't trust them. Yeah, no, I think that was, that was partially an issue. And I think, you know, the reality of our system is I think that the, the, the two old parties get a bit more leeway than any of the newer parties do, especially parties on the left. I mean, my, my assertion is that we really don't have a kind of left-wing media in Canada. So even the kind of centrist star... Um, you know, the coverage of the NDP is, 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 is always perhaps uh, slanted against it uh, in this province, especially. But beyond that general kind of perception, I think it really depends. I mean, you know, if you look at parties when they get tossed out, they often do kind of recover um, when they change leaders. Perhaps they change visions. I mean, if you look at, 
the John Turner Liberals, they got thrown out uh, pretty pretty heavily. Uh, they came back though, you know, about a decade later. Um, you know, the the you know the Liberals got thrown out pretty hard when Diefenbaker was elected, and then there were conservative leaders that got thrown out, and they've always come back. The challenge here though is that the the federal Liberals, as bad as 2011 was, um, never lost party status. They kept their key senior MPs. They had a son of a former prime minister ready in the wake to kind of take over. I don't see that for the Ontario Liberals here. And I think that rather than this being a grudge, there's a chance that this is a fundamental change in Ontario politics and that because I think they chose to support Doug Ford in the second half of the election, you know, attacking the union, saying the NDP was was, was going to ruin the economy and, and kind of implicitly giving Liberals a permission to vote for Doug Ford, um, they, you know, they might be endangered here more permanently. And I mean, rather than this being a temporary time out for the liberals we could see and this is not a prediction but this is a, a you know possibility we could see this be almost a you know the fate of the liberal party in england where the liberal party here in ontario would become a kind of ther- permanent third party because you know they've chosen to align with the forces of conservatism and the ndp has kind of taken up the general progressive mantle and that could happen to them but it all depends on where they go with their leader i mean they could say that our path is a kind of kind of as a nominally center-left party who will who will run elections on the center left and govern on the center right, um, or maybe our position is to run as a fiscally conservative, socially progressive party in an era where Doug Ford is premier, and then kind of jettison the left to the NDP and bank on winning, you know, disaffected Tories who want the tax cuts but but want a kind of more uh, presentable premier. So obviously, the redefinition of parties. I guess the biggest mistake they could say is is just, oh, this was just an anomaly. We can just stay who we are. Uh, that that I would think would be fatal, wouldn't it? I would think so. I mean, there's a couple things the liberals think they might have going for them. One, they might feel this was a throw the bums out election, which means that maybe they don't go right back into government next time. Maybe they don't even go back into second place next time. But maybe they, you know, re- maybe they bounce back up a few percent just because people come back, and that'll win them back seats and. You know how our system works, and a few extra percent can mean a lot in, in first-past-the-post, depending on how it breaks. could be a minority government. We don't know. Another factor that might help them is, you know, the federal liberals remain strong in Ontario. You know, there, there are issues there with their popularity. Um, you know, there, there's a sense that we might have a minority parliament that they'll bleed a little bit of support, but Ontario is a remains strong for the federal liberals. So there's a feeling that, you know, if, 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 that, if that's the case in 2019, and, 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 you know, that some of that will rub off on them. But I would think you're, you're quite right in saying that they need to do something. They need to look at what their, what their path forward is. And I think that, again, in that election, they really had a kind of, you know, almost a bipolar approach. They started running on this kind of nominally left of center, uh, you know, legacy that Kathleen Wynne had, which I don't think was necessarily genuine, but it was what they proposed. Um, and when they realized they were going to lose, they adopted a kind of strongly anti-worker and anti-NDP platform and really aligned behind Doug Ford's general vision for the province. And it, so it depends on what the liberals want. Do they want to be the party of economic conservatism or do they want to keep up the kind of general position that Kathleen Wynne tried to do from 2014 to 2018? And, you know, either of those parties has a chance of success, but it really depends on what they do. And this is why the leadership race is going to be so, is so important here. Uh, for them, because it's could it's going to define the vision. Not just you know, is the leader a good leader? Are they a good speaker and manager and whatnot? But what's their vision for the party in the province, and what does that mean? You know, in twenty twenty two. Well, we'll find out, I guess, as time goes on. Christo, always a pleasure to get your insight into this. Thanks so much for this today. 
Thanks so much for having me. Christo Avelis, uh, of course, from the University of Toronto. All right, I want to bring John Malloy into the conversation. John's been a guest on the program before. Of course, he's a former Ontario cabinet minister in the McGuinty government, uh, practitioner in residence at Laurier's political science department, and assistant professor of public ethics and coordinator in the Center for Public Ethics at Waterloo Lutheran Cemetery. Uh, John, thank you so much for the time. It's great to have you back on the show today. Oh, it's great to be on. Let me ask you, it, when, when there's a monumental uh, failure and, and, and defeat, uh, such as the Liberals experienced in the last provincial election, what can they learn from that, John? Well, I think the first thing they have to do is realize that the voters are boss. And uh, if the voters said, we don't like you, then uh, you can't go around and say, oh, gosh, it's, uh, it's too bad that the voters didn't get it right or that the voters aren't smart enough to realize what a wonderful vision we had. You have to uh, take a big slice of humble pie and say, we got to rethink it. And, and how, do, how far down that road do you go? Do, uh, is, is the discussion, no, we're, we're good, this is, this is who we are, and we need to tweak this? Or do you simply say, look, it, it's about time to refashion this whole party, the whole outlook here? I think that the, the, the confluence of both the fact that politics has been turned on its head uh, internationally and the fact that we got such a drubbing at the polls, I think that the, the two actually could work in our favor. I think we have to start thinking about a different way to do politics. How do we reach out and somehow make sense of a very divided tribal world that's out there? I personally think there, there's a desire for some voices that are going to say, hey, how do, we, how do we bring people together? Because so much of what's happening on both the left and the right is all about driving people apart. And I'm, I'm hopeful that the provincial liberals have some room in, in the center, have some room to be a truly radical center party, as we used to like to call ourselves, and find a way to bring people together. Because everybody's just playing their, their part these days. You know, I'm on the left, I'm right, you're an idiot. I'm on the right, you're on the left, you're wrong, you're an idiot. And I think people are getting frustrated. When our previous guest, Christo Avels from the U of T, was just talking about uh, the, the, maybe one of the concerns here is that uh, the, the, the liberals bounced around too much, a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, etc. Uh, do you need more consistency? Is it about time to redefine the values of, of what that party should be? I'm not sure if it's redefine. I think it's choose a lane. Uh, I was, uh, listen, I, I worked in the last campaign for, I had some friends running, I, I voted liberal, no one's shocked by that, I'm a former liberal cabinet minister, but the fact is, I wasn't sure what the liberal party stood for anymore, I mean, we, we seem to be all over the map, and I think we can, we can move forward and say, look, uh, this is what we believe in, and be consistent in it, and I think maybe, you know, I, I say this half-tongue-in-cheek, but just even having a, a consistent position, it doesn't even matter what it is, just having a consistent position, Position. As I say, a bit tongue-in-cheek, I say that, actually will give us a leg up. When uh, the Conservatives got taken to the woodshed way back, the federal Conservatives, uh, and down to, I think it was only two seats they had in the, uh, the House of Commons at that time, uh, that attempt to rebuild that party actually ended up fracturing the party. You had elements on the right that decided to end up actually the Reform Party and, and form their own stitch, and, and the Conservatives were left out in the cold for the longest time. Uh, with the polarization that's going on in, in politics these days, John, is there a, a chance of that happening with Liberals too? I mean, you've got the obviously the NDP way over on one side, you've got the Conservatives on the other. Well, it's certainly a danger, and I hope that it doesn't happen. And maybe it's, it's all about thinking about, and if you'll excuse the, excuse the cliche, how to do politics differently. 
because I look out in the world these days, and, you know, obviously our thoughts always go to south of the border, but I think within Canada, too, there's, there's something strange going on out there. People are redefining themselves, are redefining their attitude towards politics. There is this huge tribalism that's going on, but at the same time, I think there's a real desire for a leader or leadership that's going to pull people together. And hopefully there's a way to, to sort of approach it all differently and not fall into this left-right split, because it could. There is a danger that our party could fall apart. I was at the, the meeting on Saturday, and there were those that uh, truly believed that the platform that we had going in in the last election was the right way to go, and there were those that say, no, we move too far to the left. Hopefully we can bridge that gap. How long does a, a party like this take uh, to get out of the penalty box? I, I was just referring to the NDP loss in 1995, and, and it was still obvious from the, the, even in this last campaign, John, that still a lot of people have a lot of animosity toward that party uh, because of the Ray days and all sorts of other things that were going on in these days, too. Is, is this a two-minute penalty, or are you in for a ten-minute misconduct here? I think the rules have been thrown out the window. Uh, we saw with Justin Trudeau going from third place. I remember uh, looking at some poll results, uh, historical poll results. I mean, he was he was going to come in third again. I mean, this was leading into the last election. I mean, just a few months before, he was still in third place. People were talking about Prime Minister Tom Mulcair, and he came from behind to get a majority government. So I think anything is is possible. I think the liberal brand, although the liberal government has provincial liberal government has been sent to the woodshed, I still think the liberal brand is is strong. Obviously, our federal cousins help, but also I think most people like to think of themselves as middle of the road. And if the liberals can come forward as a little bit thoughtful as uh, a party that wants to unite people, a party that's trying to bridge some divides, a party that isn't just lashing out all the time, uh, I think I think they could bounce back, or maybe not. I mean, we're just not going to know, and, and, you know, the rules are being rewritten every day. Leadership's obviously got to play a part in this, too. Dynamism in the leader, and you, you talked about Justin Trudeau and his success in the last federal election. Uh, and, and like him or not, I mean, Doug Ford had a, a certain aura about him, too, that certainly appealed to, to voters on the right. So who they choose to lead this party is obviously going to be a key factor in, in just how long they're in the political wilderness. Oh, definitely. Although my uh, advice, you know, free advice worth everything uh, you pay for it is that they should take some time. Take some time to do a little bit of behind-the-scenes rebuilding, get some organization in place, raise a bit of money. And then once that sort of basic infrastructure is there, use a leadership convention as a way of strengthening it up and raising the profile of a leader. If the liberals, the provincial liberals, appointed a leader or elected a leader six months from now, uh, no one would even know who they were by the time the next election comes. I mean, there's a, a an opportunity as we head into the next provincial election to have a little bit of a splash with a, a new leader, give the party some time to choose that individual, and have that leader have some resources in which to, uh, you know, carry the flag. John, always a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks so much for your insight today. Great, thank you. Take care. John Malloy, of course, former Ontario Cabinet Minister. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.